0: Have something has has anybody here seen the video that some of the that um, some of the youth here at the road did about um, suicide? Okay, I just I want to I want to watch that and then we'll pray. I want to pray for our youth and parents and that type of thing. They did a great job with it and they I don't think they have. Um, Pam Heiler sent it to me this week. There, thank you. Didn't know you were going to double as tech too, yeah. did you? Okay. Filmed on the District 20 campuses and other areas of Colorado Springs. You'll see some of the youth from the road that are in here. Um, what was her name? Did it? Uh, yeah, Adams is her last name. Marina. Marina I think it must be her older sister maybe Her younger sister Marina Do you know Marina Adams? I can't
1: remember if she's older or younger but She's, she's one of the Adams Adams sisters
0: Yes Okay Let's see if this works
1: In 1941, 1,177 crewmen were killed in Pearl Harbor.
2: In 2015, 1,058 lives were lost to suicide in the state of Colorado. Why is one number spoken openly about while the is just left out? Lost lives are a tragedy either way, but what if we could save people every day by simply talking? Why do we keep quiet on topics like this when it's a huge reason we're losing kids? classmates, friends, friends, teammates, peers. These are the years. We need to be equipped for struggles like this. Did you know that kids as young as 10 commit suicide?
1: So do not turn a blind eye simply because you think we're too young to understand. In America, suicide is the second leading cause of death from ages 15 to 24.
2: So please don't tell us we're too immature to get it. We have to be able to comprehend
1: it because, quite frankly, it's our friends aren't choosing to end
2: it. Teach us how to be a friend to the broken.
1: Teach us that it's not a bad thing to be open. Teach us that the
2: darkness does conclude. And not just by shutting our eyes. Reach down to the youth that is rising up beneath you. We are on the front lines. Teach us that we aren't forgotten. Show us all that we do not have to speak anonymously. Cure
1: us now. We speak unanimously.
2: We cannot handle this any longer.
0: We refuse to push this aside like it's not an issue. We are willing to fight the battle. Just give
1: us the armor. The bombing at Pearl Harbor led to a war of the world with soldiers as young as 15. We are no longer immature boys and girls. This is reality. Equip us. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm
2: ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm
1: ready. I'm ready.
2: I'm ready. Are you? I
0: love this last line. You are worth saving. Great. Yeah. I think it's paused. No? Trying to pause it. There we go. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, Lord, we just, this is an issue in our city, Uh, not just in Colorado Springs, but in Colorado. And, across the United States. And Father, as women, as mothers, as sisters, as grandmothers, Father, we lift up our youth to you and we pray that we join our hearts together and we lift them up to you and we break this, we come against the spirit of suicide that's taking our children. And Father, we pray that you would give mothers and fathers, grandmothers and grandfathers, teachers and principals and and bus drivers and friends and neighbors give them divine wisdom of how to speak purpose and life into the the teens and the children around them. Father, um, we realize that the enemy is wanting to take. If they can't take them in the if he can't take them in the womb, he wants to take them off our streets. Uh, it doesn't matter what age. But Lord, we pray for a spirit of hope, and the spirit of revival to come into their hearts, and the spirit of life to come up within them, Father. So, Lord, we join together and we just pray for the power of your Holy Spirit to sweep across this land. We cry out for a revival in your church and for, for a renewal, for an awakening in our city, that people, that, that they would wake up to what you have called us to, to be the church, to love those who don't know you, to love those who know you and to give them hope. And so, Father, help us to be aware. Help us to be aware of those around us and to reach out and to love them and to bless them and to speak life into them. In Jesus' name, wake us up in the night. Help us to be aware of what's going on with the the children and the youth around us, to speak identity, even if it's a smile or putting an arm around them or just hearing their story, uh, asking them what the story is behind that tattoo or that piercing or whatever it is, Lord, to build a bridge and to kick down the work of the enemy and to build up your kingdom and extend your love into the hearts of these young people. We thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm. Oh, come right on in. Yes. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I know when I was in high school in Plano, Texas, it was the suicide capital of the United States at the time. It was. There were so many... Yeah. I, I grew
1: up in the teen privacy capital of the US. Okay. So <laughs> yeah, well Newark, Ohio, a small little town. Yeah. We had we actually had daycare at the high school because wow. there were s there were like, wow. there were like
0: Well, that's wonderful they weren't aborted. Yeah. You know, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, that's too bad, but it's wonderful that they weren't aborted, that they made a place for them to come.
1: For them so that the moms could take care, learn how to take care of the babies mm. while still going to high school. Wow. Because they didn't Sorry. want the, the moms dropping out of high school. Yeah. So you yeah. had um, sort of a home ec class. Yeah. Like if they could do with their babies. Teach yeah. Could they get a food credit, food too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's great. they guys
0: have class? to go to- It was very materialistic, you know, and I just think that, I think part of it is, is purpose. The The more we take away the gender that God's given them, the more we take away the purpose of their design, the more hopeless we all become. It doesn't matter what age we are, we become hopeless. So it's so important to have that purpose. Um, yeah, I had asked, Melissa had written this last week, I think it was, I one of the two, two weeks, ago. two weeks before, Okay. And um, come on up. And I had asked her if she would, this is something she would written. She's written several things before. And I don't know if that, I don't want to make you squeeze. Is this where? So, oh. I don't know. But we'll come up here. Is that better? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, you well, will. But
1: I'll hold it out here.
0: Yeah. Pastor Steve <laughs> asked that we record everything. That's why we record everything. So, it's not like I get excited about it. But, <laughs> so we record
1: everything. Okay. Yeah. So, um, Christine asked me to share this, but. As we started our study on Ephesians, and we were talking about identity, um, it got me thinking about how our identity originates in the Lord. And when we search for it, accept it, and develop it, then he can align us with his design. Mm. And he can take any part of, our, part of our identity and alter the characteristics of it to bring him glory and honor. He can take deceit and turn it into delighting others, selfishness into serving, lust into loving, and fear into faith. So thinking about these things, I wrote this poem, and I just used um, the letter and the word identity. So it's individual, tailor-made for each one, designed specifically from the father and the son. Enlightening, revealing interesting and unique things, never-ending opportunities it will bring. Truthful, authentic in its value. Inventive, many characteristics are new. Talents, uncovering endless possibilities, and yearning to become all that he has made you to be.
0: Mm. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? If we could just give each one to um, the youth, that they could find their identity. You know, yes. Well, well, I'll have copies for everybody this week. Or maybe I should just take a picture and text it to everybody, for everybody that wasn't here. And you didn't put your name on it. I'll put your name on it. <laughs> Who it's by. Thank you so much for sharing. I really appreciate you sharing your gift. You know, each one of you have gifts and talents and, uh, in your life. And um, Allie is so kind to come up for our wellness wisdom. She's, um, this is the third time's the charm, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but this is, we, we finally, it finally made it. So, anyhow, and you know, God says in 3 John, Two, that he, beloved, I want you to prosper and be in good health. And so that's why we do this. He doesn't want us just to prosper spiritually, which we are a spirit. We have a soul and live in a body. Mm -hmm. But he does want our bodies to be healthy. And we were just talking about the medical grid. We're so thankful for, I mean, some of you are nurses. We're thankful for for the medical grid. But we also need to understand the natural grid of the things that we can do, of what we can eat and the oils and the different things that we can do to help facilitate a healthy body. So anyhow, take it away, Allie. Thank you.
2: Yeah, no problem. This is a really loud mic. Okay, so I'm going to talk with it down here. (laughs) Um, So I'm Allie, for those of you that haven't met me. I know Jan, and I unfortunately can't come on a regular basis because I get off work down in Fountain around 5, so it's a little bit of a tight squeeze. Um, But I just wanted to talk briefly about essential oils. Um, I've been using essential oils for about, three and a half years, and um, got introduced to them through a friend of a friend. I was dealing with fibromyalgia and was completely bedridden, unable to do things. And they were like, well, you should try this. It's like, sure, why not? You know, they did a little bit of research. And I was like, well, they're natural. I really enjoy more natural remedies rather than medicinal. And so I'll try it. Um, so Basically, what essential oils are is they're naturally occurring in most plants. Um, They're considered a volatile aromatic compound, and they're found in all parts of the plant, so the roots, the seeds, the leaves, the flowers, and each one of those essential oils can have different properties and affect the body differently. Um, So if you've ever smelled a rose, you're smelling the essential oils that are in the plant. If you've ever smushed it and gotten that kind of filmy, Um, oil on your hands. That's the essential oils coming out of the rose petals. Um, So because they are volatile, they're very small, they're organic molecules, and they change very quickly from a solid to um, a liquid state or to a gas when they're at room temperature. So if you open a bottle of essential oil, or if you put it on like Jan has, this whole table smells wonderful, um, you can smell it, and that's it going into its gas form. um, So it It um, affects the smell senses, which can affect all sorts of different things in your brain. It can affect different endorphins and hormones that help regulate things in the body. Mm -hmm. Um, So um, the essential oils in the plants are actually part of the plant's immune system. So that is what helps the plant defend against different... um, Attackers, different uh, bacteria, fungi, that type of thing. So what we're doing when we're using the essential oils is we are actually harnessing that immune system power in the plants and allowing it to support our body's immune system to function properly. Um, so um, one of the things I love about essential oils is that God put all of those things in the plants. God knew how it would affect our bodies. He gave us the plants in Genesis 1 as something to help our bodies be healthy. So it's not something that scientists have all of a sudden discovered this wonderful new thing and created it. It's been there since the beginning of time. We're just now starting to Mm. rediscover it. A lot of ancient civilizations have used Mm -hmm. it, and then we forgot it and decided to try to do it chemically on our own and leave out what God had already created and given us. Um, so the one of the things I want to really stress about essential oils when you're using them is they're not meant to replace God. They're mm-hmm. not meant to um, be a miracle drug that's going to fix all of your problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're not necessarily the answer to every problem. So please don't hear that I'm saying essential oils are the only thing to do. Don't ever go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. I'm a nurse. Yeah. <laughs> not, not true. Um, so... You want to go to the doctor if that's the time, but essential oils are something that you can add into your kind of toolbox of health tips. Um, So one of the scientific facts, I'm a little bit more scientific-minded, is that one drop of essential oils contains 40 million trillion molecules, and our bodies have 100 trillion cells. So that means that one drop of essential oils has enough molecules in it to affect every cell in our body with 40,000 molecules. Wow. Um, so that's why you don't have to use very much of them, and they're still going to have a very powerful effect. Um, they affect the the cellular level of our body, and so they do go through the bloodstream and that type of thing. Um, they can be used three different ways. Um, you've got aromatic, which is when you're smelling them. You've, I'm sure you've seen diffusers that people have that, circulate them throughout the room that type of thing putting them on a cotton ball and putting it in your car vent those types of things Um, those affect the smell receptors Um, most of the smell receptors are connected to the limbic system which is what affects our emotions Mm -hmm. so if you've ever smelled lavender and you're like oh I feel so much more relaxed Ah. my stress is going down that's affecting the limbic system in your brain and so that's helping you deal with your emotions I would say probably 50% of my essential oil use is to help me with my emotions because they get a little out of hand sometimes. But just you even saying the word lavender, I felt relaxed. Yeah, <laughs> yep, yep. That smell thing, it's, it's really powerful. That's why a lot of times if you smell something, it'll take you back to a yeah. memory. God's created our noses to really connect a lot of things in our brain. We're going to make a grass one. <laughs> grass. Oh, fresh grass. Oh, uh, like pot?
0: Like <laughs>
2: <that>. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> okay, so another, another, topical, another application is topically, and that's rubbing it directly on the area of concern, putting it on the bottoms of your feet, something like that. Um, because they have such small molecules in them and they're lipid soluble, they can actually absorb through the pores in your skin and absorb into the cells. Um, So a couple of places that are really good to do that is the back of the neck. That directly affects your spinal column and um, your nervous system. Another great place to put it is the bottoms of your feet. It has the largest pores on your body, Mm -hmm. so it's quickly absorbed into the bottoms of your feet. Um, With topical application, one of the important things is dilution. A lot of people are like, oh, I'm allergic to that essential oil because I put it on and I got a big red spot and it itched and it was burning or it felt really cold or it's not that you're actually allergic to the essential oil. If it's a pure essential oil, you actually can't be allergic to it because it doesn't have the correct
0: protein. I know. I'm not sure what... <laughs> <laughs> we need some essential oil for the yeah. sound booth back here.
2: The sound booth stressed. Um, if you can just turn it down, I think it's just too hot. Oh, there we go. Okay. Better? Beautiful. Okay. Um, Okay, so dilution is really important. When the essential oils absorb really quickly, you can get the cooling or the burning sensation. So if you're diluting it with some type of carry oil, like coconut oil or jojoba or almond oil, something like that, or even something as simple as olive oil, um, it slows the dilution, it prevents evaporation of the oil, so you actually absorb more of it, and it's a lot easier for the skin to tolerate Yeah, you can put it in lotion. Yeah, for sure. Um, Really anything that's just going to, it has to have a fat base in it because that's what the essential oils are going to absorb into. It's just like if you put it on something water, a lot of people are like, oh, it's burning, it's burning, let me go wash my hands. That's not going to help because oil and water don't mix, so the water is actually going to drive the oil into your skin faster and you'll get a hyper reaction to it. Um, So, same concept as if you eat something spicy, you want to drink milk, not water. Same concept. Um, You can also do internally. Um, I will put a disclaimer with this. You need to be very careful what essential oils you're using before you take it internally. My preference for company is doTERRA or Young Living. I'm sure most of you have heard of both of those. Um, They have very high purity standards and are very open and transparent with their process of how they get the oils and where they come from and what's actually in it. And they have third-party testing. Um, So just be really wise about what company you're getting your essential oils from. If they're not really open about what's in it or if they don't do any testing, especially if you notice most of their essential oils say don't use internally, if you can't eat it, I wouldn't necessarily be putting it on your body that's absorbing into your bloodstream quickly. So just be wise on that. A couple of different ways to do it. You can cook with essential oils. Um, A lot of them are the typical spices that we use. I make My spaghetti spices are all essential oils, and it's wonderful. Um, And healthy. It is. It's very healthy. So you get the the good tasting flavors plus the added benefits of the essential oils that you're ingesting. Um, You can also put them in little capsules with some type of carrier oil and take them that way. Sometimes, depending on the essential oil, I'll put it just directly under my tongue. Some of them taste really bad, like lavender does not taste good directly in your mouth, and so I don't like doing that. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's necessary. <laughs> um, so those are the different ways um, that you can have the essential oils. Um I would love to get more into exactly how to use them and stuff, but I don't want to take up all, all night. So um, if anybody has any questions, I'm going to leave my email address with Jan. I can't stay for the whole night tonight. But if you have any questions or want to get together one-on-one and talk about specific oils or good resources to look up how to use them or which ones to use... Um, feel free to send me an email and I'll also leave a couple of bottles with jam that you guys can smell and try if you want to um and yeah does anybody have any questions real quick before I end helped you with, you have fib- I have fibromyalgia and what has helped you the most? Which oil? oh goodness um So one of the things that's interesting about essential oils is that each person's body reacts a little bit differently to them. Um, So I really like to recommend to people, like, this is what worked for me. But if it doesn't work for you, don't get discouraged. Try something else. Um, So for me, I think... The initial oil that helped me a lot with my pain was lemongrass and I put that on every night um, and that made it so I could actually sleep because my legs didn't hurt so badly. Um, On a daily basis, I use one of the blends from doTERRA that's called Balance and it's specifically for emotions, but for me it also works for my nerve pain and my muscle pain and that kind of stuff. So it really just depends most people get their favorite one and they're like this is my life saver um, <laughs> but it's like oh but i like this one for this and i like this one for this and i don't know i could not pick just one <laughs> so yeah well, i had this really horrible itchy rash under my right arm mm-hmm. and
1: i asked her what can i do with this i've tried everything nothing's working you know all the hydrocortisone yeah
2: Mm. Now it's gone. What carrier oil? I, I just use whatever lotion I have available. For judgment That's neat. Yeah, I remember you talking oil. about that. Yeah. Yeah. The lavender first and then the
0: peppermint.
2: I don't know how it works, but it works. It's interesting. There's a lot. It can go. Um, one of my favorite things that um, doTERRA has as a resource is, and you can access it straight on their website, is they actually have scientific articles that you can read. And so it goes into the chemical compounds and why they work together with other ones and so they, that's one of the articles that I read was actually why you use peppermint on top of other things to marry the two of them and they work mm-hmm. synergistically and yeah it's just it's really cool you can get really deep into the yeah, <laughs> the really, explanations it's really so. neat mm-hmm. yeah so and it just depends on the person as far as which one works best for them and what their skin likes and all of that, so.
0: Yeah. Shoot, that went back to that thing. Let's see if we can do it. Thank you so much. Maybe sometimes yeah. we'll have to do a a special time and if for whoever want to wants do, to. We can also do, like,
2: on a different night, preferably not Thursday. So yeah, um, yeah. But we can do, like, a make-and-take make type thing. Okay. We can make, like, bath salts
0: and Okay. That would be fun that would be that would be really fun to do, yeah, 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 that's neat. Well, you did a beautiful job, thank you, thank you so much. that was wonderful, so good. It's so good to learn these things, and thank you for your time um, oh yeah that that was great. we could go all night with it I mean, I know there's there's so much that we could, yes. Yeah. That's the first ever done Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> I would never know it. Okay, you know, and um, thank you so much, Allie. I appreciate that. Yeah. So in Ephesians 5 1, it says, God calls us to be imitators. Therefore, become imitators of God. Copy him. This is the Amplified. Copy him and follow his example. As well beloved children, imitate their fathers. And I saw this little, it's less than two minutes. It's just this little clip that I thought was. Just it really touched my heart, so I hope y'all enjoy this as much as I did. Let's see if this'll isn't that neat i just I thought that was so cute, and this is how we are I mean it says um it says to like to imitate him, copy him, and so that's what this little guy's doing, so we That's where identity comes from, is knowing who God really is. This little guy wasn't afraid of his father, was he? He wanted to be next to him. He wanted to be doing what he was doing. And that's where our identity comes from, is knowing who God really is and then aligning our lives with him and watching what he does carefully and then doing our best to try to imitate what he's doing. Um. I wanted to quickly just go over, does does everybody have this sheet? I wanted to quickly recap what we've been doing in Ephesians. Do you all have yours here at The the chart? Okay. It's, it's probably, it, it, it was, no, we handed this out, I think, the second week. Yeah, it should be in your folder, if you have your folder. Okay, okay. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Good job. Um, So we have established that God is a good, good father. And as we see him, we see ourselves. So if you see God waiting to hit you over the head with a baseball bat, then that's kind of how you end up seeing yourself with your children or with your mate or with other people. How we see God, one of the most important things about you is how you see God. What you think of God. Um, in Ephesians, if you look at this chart, this is one that Chuck Swindoll did, and I just thought it was so good. He really encapsulated it so well. Our position in Christ, as you see there on the top left, is what God has done for us, his sovereignty. What Christ has done in us, his grace, and what Christ has done between us, His re- the reconciliation. And that's in chapters one to, th- 1 to 3. And then our practice on earth from 4 uh chapter four through six it is our new our new unity, our new walk. Remember we talked about being at the corner of walk and don't walk. And then our new strength. And that's we'll get into that um in a couple of weeks. So um the vertical relationship with God that we have and then the practical horizontal how that affects the horizontal relationship this is why ephesians is such high ground i mean we've really just scratched the surface going through it but focusing on identity because if we don't have if we don't under, understand who God is then we really don't understand who we are and i would i would venture to guess that most of these teens that are taking their lives they don't really understand how much God loves them they don't really understand how his identity and His love is imprinted upon their lives, um, and you know, like they said, we're ready. Teach us, um, give us what we need, and so we need to be teaching them, modeling it, and teaching them. Um, so the vertical and the horizontal. He chose us in Him. This is this is the subject. This is the the core phrase through in in chapter one verse four is He chose us in Him. This is who we are. You're chosen. You're not the last pick on the playground team. You're the first pick by God um, to walk in a manner worthy of his calling. This is part of the core phrase from 4 1. So 1 4, you're chosen in him. 4 1, walk in a manner worthy of the calling. And the subjects declaration of heavenly truths, God accomplish, God's accomplishments. And then our practice on earth is the exhortations for earthly living the Christian's assignments, um, the prayers. We've been through a couple of those, and then in a couple of weeks, we will go and we will pray, uh, which really, this, the, the last one is so powerful. He gives us this treasure trove of his grace and what he's done and what he's done in us and who we are. And then he gives us the treasure trove of how to protect that in, in um, chapter 6. The theme, the holy community God is creating and how it is to live out its calling. The key verses, there's just a few of the key verses that go through there. And then Christ in Ephesus, Jesus is the source of spiritual blessing, the cornerstone of the church, and the goal of spiritual maturity. Isn't that kind of a neat synopsis of Ephesians? So this is, we've gone over a lot of this. We have a little bit left to go, but that's just a recap of Ephesians. Um, in Ephesians 5 uh, from the Amplified, I'm going to be reading out of that tonight and kind of, instead of reading through it, I'm going to read through it and just pause and interject a few things and then we're going to do our study um, at the end of this. So therefore, become imitators of God. Copy him and follow his example as well-beloved children imitate their fathers and walk continually in love. That is, value one another. Practice empathy and compassion. Unselfishly seek the best for others. Just as Christ also loved and gave himself up for us, an offering and sacrifice to God, slain for you, so that it became a sweet fragrance. Thinking of the essential oils even. Um, so here in verse 2, this is this is the behavior we are to be imitating. So the, if you look at the first half of verse 2, it's mirroring the second half of verse two of what Christ has done. So, what we are to do is mirroring what Christ does. Does that make sense? Just in that one sentence, um, is is so powerful. So, walk continue in love, practice empathy and compassion, unselfishly seek the best for others, and this is what Christ did, and we are it's, we're mirroring what He has done. We're being imitators. Um, and then verse three, but sexual immorality, oh, go away! I touched something over here, and it. Um, but sexual immorality and all moral impurity, indecent, offensive behavior, or greed must not even be hinted at among you, as is proper among saints. For as believers, our way of life, whether in public or in private, reflects the validity of our faith. How I live in private at home affects what I do in public here or at Walmart or when I'm taking my grandkids to the park or whatever. And that's why I think God wants us to confess our sins one to another before another. That's why last week I talked about how I blew it with Denny, you know. I don't want you all to think that, I mean, I, I blow it and i need god 's grace just like anybody else, you know we need god 's grace to walk out and to be patient and kind and loving with our spouse, with our children, our grandchildren, our coworkers uh, our neighbors the the rude person at the store where you get your printing done, you know I mean whatever it is and today I was convicted because for the second week in row, things weren 't printed out and there were it was lost, and this, that, and the other and and i started feeling like oh, i can't believe this and i thought you know what this man has just printed out our bible study thing and i need to be the hands and feet of jesus to this man even if he's messed up 2 weeks in a row <laughs> because you know it's like what are you thinking you know whatever you know, inside and i thought you know what that's that's not being the hands and feet of jesus i i said lord i need your grace to be kind And to be loving and to not have this entitlement attitude. You know, I'm paying you. You should have it done. Whatever. Um, So only God can help us live humbly and honestly before him and others. And I think it really opens our hearts up. And it keeps the enemy, when we are open and honest um, and humble, confessing our faults one to another. I think that really extinguishes the fiery darts of the enemy. Not totally, but I think it 's one avenue that really does, and I appreciate the road I appreciate our pastor and his family. I appreciate the the leadership and the and you ladies you all are so open, and I think there is something powerful about having these these groups and being able to be open with one another uh, it doesn 't mean that you tell everybody your problems, but that you have you have a d group, you have a friend, you have somebody that you can talk to. And, and and encourage them and be encouraged by them. Verse 4, let there be no filthy and silly talk or coarse, obscure, or vulgar joking. You know, I think even sarcasm. Um, I used to be so sarcastic until I read. It was a different scripture in the Bible talking about not even no coarse jesting or sarcasm. One translation actually said sarcasm, and I was like, oh, <laughs> I was really convicted. And it's like, you know, you can really hurt people with sarcasm. That's not edifying. It's not building up. It's, it's, it's um, getting a laugh at somebody else's expense. And that's not what Jesus would do. Um, because such things are not appropriate for believers. But instead, speak of your thankfulness to God. For be sure of this, no immoral, impure, or greedy person. For that one is, in effect, an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God for such a person places a higher value on something other than God let no one deceive you with empty arguments that encouraging that that encourage you to sin have you ever been around somebody that it just seems like every turn they're wanting to they're encouraging you to fudge a little bit or do something you know you're not supposed to do and it kind of kind of it away at you. It kind of wears away at you. So it's best to just not hang out with those people. I think we can minister to them, but that doesn't mean that we hang out with them all the time because that little bit can just pull you down. And you have to know your weaknesses. You have to know what your strengths and weaknesses are. For some, some people, they can, get, they can get radically delivered from alcoholism and go back into the bars and minister to people. And other people, if they've been an alcoholic, they need to go find somewhere else to minister because that's going to pull them down. So, um, because, why? Because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience, those who habitually sin. So, do not participate or even associate with them in the rebelliousness of sin. For once you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. This is part of your identity. This is part of our identity. We are light. Do you see yourself as a beacon of light that wherever you go, light goes? I remember hearing a story back in the day, Jerry Savell has anybody ever heard of jerry Savell he was He was a faith preacher he just taught about obeying God and obeying the word, and one time he was at the mall and he walked he walked in and out of the mall, you know the inside malls, not like the shops of bragate but like the Citadel or Chapel Hills where you go in there and he walked in and out different stores around the mall and before he left this lady came up to him and she said oh I finally found you and he's like I don't know this lady you know yes what's your story and she said I've been following this trail of light all over this mall it would go in this store and out the store and I was just following this trail of light and you're where it came from isn't that amazing you're a beacon of light that where you go, you take light. This is part of your identity. You are light bearers. You are light houses. You take light into the darkness. I heard Todd, Todd White. Somebody heard of Todd White? He's got all these dreads. And, oh, he said, he said, you know, I, I stay in a lot of hotels. And, you know, some people say you got to go in there and you got to cleanse it and all the things that have gone on in there and this, that, and the other. He says, you know... I'm light. And when I show up, the darkness has to go. <laughs> and I thought, you know, that's so true. Sometimes we do have to take authority over different things that are going on. But you are light. The light is in you. The light of Christ is in you. And the world needs your light. He need, they need the light that Jesus wants to shine through you, into your marriage, into your family, into your, your neighborhoods. I need your light, for crying out loud um stop um i don't i don't i don't i don't know i don't remember yeah. the rest of the story i should i i literally heard it probably 30 years ago and you know it just that part stuck with me and i don't remember any more of the story <laughs> i might be able to find it that's a good question Yeah, well, if so, then it's a wonderful opportunity to share the light with her, (laughs) the light of Christ. But now, so you were darkness. I was darkness. I'll share a little bit here about how I I was in darkness. But now you are light. Walk as children of light. This is how we walk. I mean, what would it have said to that man if I would have gone in there? Are you kidding me? This is the second week in the row, in row that you have botched up my Bible study. <laughs> Can't you get it right? Do I have to pay for this? I mean, what what kind of message? Yeah, well, yeah exactly. It, we are being tested. We are being tested. Yeah. And when you're tested, hopefully you can come through and have a testimony. Um. So walk as children of light. Live as those who are native born to the light. We are not native to the darkness anymore. That's why when you go certain places, you feel uneasy because you're native born to the light. You have light in you and that's where you feel comfortable. We feel comfortable at church because the light is in us and we feel drawn to the light in others. When we go into the darkness, well, we don't necessarily feel comfortable there. But we are there to be light bearers. For the fruit, says the native born to the light. For the fruit, the effect, the result of the light consists in all. And wherever it says light here is a capital L. It's a capital L. The light of Christ is in you. Of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth, trying to learn by experience what is pleasing to the Lord and letting your lifestyles be examples of what is most acceptable to him, your behavior expressing gratitude to God for your salvation. Do not practice in the worthless and unproductive deeds of darkness, but instead expose them. We are to expose them, not by guilt and condemnation, not by getting our baseball out and whapping them over the head and telling them how wrong they are. That's not how we expose the darkness, ladies. We show up with the love of Christ, with the light of his love, and the Holy Spirit exposes it. That's, remember John 16, 8? Jesus said that another is coming, the Comforter is coming, the advocate is coming, the Holy Spirit is coming, and he will be the one to convict of the guilt of sin and of righteousness and judgment. That's not our job. Our job is to love them and to take the light and the truth. And when we do that, it opens their hearts for the Holy Spirit to speak to them. Because it just, I mean, I don't want somebody coming at me and telling me all my wrongs and trying to, to, um, to be my judge. You know, I mean, we resist that kind of thing. But when it comes from the Lord, when somebody has loved you and the Lord comes and speaks to your heart, then our hearts open up. Expose them by exemplifying personal integrity, moral courage and godly character. For it is disgraceful even to mention the things that such people practice in secret. You know what, ladies? It's not okay to look at pornography. It's not okay to read these illicit romance novels. It's not okay to read erotica or watch movies about erotica. It's not okay. That's darkness. And um, because I know even in the church, some women think that Fifty Shades of Grey is a book to help jumpstart the the sexual relationship between you and your husband. There have been many women that have given that to their friends to say this will help you in your marriage this will help bring some sizzle in your marriage it is demonic it is demonic and i was just i was looking up the word i wrote down here erotica novels novels that have sadomastic, sadomastic sexual practices that are not part of god's beautiful design for a healthy relationship between a husband and wife that is the the marriage is to picture Christ in the church. The sexual union is only to be in marriage, and that is to picture the covenant between Christ and the church. And just looking up the word to be sure I was spelling it right, because it has it wrong on here, I thought, well, how can I find sadomastic? How can I check that? So I put it in there, and just the you know the titles that come up of things you can click on, just the little titles about just different things, I was like, oh my God, I don't even, I don't want to know. I don't want to, I don't want to know where it all goes. I know enough. It's, It's satanic. Satanic sexual practices with cutting and pain and darkness and control and manipulation and bondage is is what it is and i i don't want to talk about it anymore it is not god's design it's not okay to read erotica it's not okay and if 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 you you or somebody you know is involved with that put an arm around them go to somebody talk to somebody because it will lead um it will it will lead to greater and greater bondage yeah, it doesn't seem very loving no It's not. It's very deceptive. So anyhow. Yeah. It says, for it is disgraceful even to mention the things that such people practice in secret. Just what little tiny bit I mentioned here. Every one of your faces was disgusted. Brenda, I know you're tired. You didn't show much. (laughs) (laughs) But I would think that you would think it's disgusting. (laughs) But it just, we understand the truth. And when you hear, just hear a little bit of that. But when people are desperate and when they don't know the truth, they get led astray. You don't have the self-esteem to know your worth. You're likely to succumb to that. Right. Yeah. And I, I see I see from that it's women and men who don't know their worth. Yeah, and true. it's not
1: respecting
0: each other. We're no. Not all. Zero yeah. yeah, yeah, self, yeah. Well, and ultimately God. Ultimately, this is his design, and we're we're our, our sin is first. Any sin we have is first against God. Yes, Corinne? Well, I was just thinking how the women's rights and yeah. all these protests, and I wonder what they would have to say about that kind of movie. Do they think I that's think good for great. women? Well, a lot of them do. Because it's all about submission. Yes. They think it's about their freedom of expression. Yeah, yeah. Being, you know, yeah like they, they are. are. I know it. I know. It's because they are deceived. They are deceived. There is something. God has created something within the feminine design that wants to submit deep within, our, deep within our heart. But because of deception and not understanding our worth and being abused, maybe from their father or a brother or an uncle or a grandfather, their worth has been devalued. They haven't learned the truth. And so um, I don't like talking about it, but we need to talk about it. We need to get the truth out in the open. I'm not going to go into the details. Yes, that's that's well put. No, yeah, right, yeah. Um, emotional pain is actually greater, is a greater pain than physical pain, and so when the emotional pain gets so great, they'll cut themselves. They'll do different things because that helps like distract, you know, they've said you, somebody is, if you've gone into a chiropractor or something and it's like, you have this major pain here. And then once you get that fixed, it's like, oh, well, oh my gosh, this just started. He said, no, you had this, but this was greater. So you didn't feel this. And so that's kind of what goes on. That's why they cut. That's why they do different things. They're just trying to get relief, but it's, it's a lie. It's, um, they're deceived. Verse 13, but all things become visible when they are exposed by the light of God's precepts for it is light that makes everything visible for this reason he says awake awake sleeper and arise from the dead and Christ will shine upon you and give you light we have to wake up to his truth we have to open ourselves up to him and he will he is longing he doesn't want anyone to perish and he is waiting but we have to we have to wake up And be aware and invite him in because he's not going to just run you over. Verse 15, therefore, see that you walk carefully. Has anybody ever walked through a backyard that's filled with poo? Barefooted? No. I grew up on a farm with cows and horses, especially when I was barefooted. Walk carefully. Be careful where you walk because there's landmines around, and it will get on your foot. I can remember as a little kid running through the pasture, because <clears throat> mom said dinner was ready, running through the pasture, barefooted in the summer, and I hit a fresh cow pie. <laughs> yep, I did. <laughs> but we need to walk carefully. That wasn't in my notes. That one's free. <laughs> um you know, we talked about being at the corner of walk and don't walk. There's ways that God calls us to walk. And there's ways that he calls us don't walk. So walk carefully. Don't just walk into the traps of the enemy. Don't walk into the dung piles that the enemy has for you. Walk carefully. Know his word. Know his truth. Be connected. Pray. Stay in the word. Come to church. Have your D groups. Have women that you can talk with and share with and encourage each other. Don't get together and talk about how terrible your husband is and how awful life is. I mean, yes, there's challenges, but encourage each other in the Lord. Build each other up. Therefore, see that you walk carefully. Walk living life with honor, purpose, and courage. Isn't that beautiful? Living life with honor, purpose, and courage. So, if God is telling us to walk with honor, purpose, and courage, that means we are not to walk with dishonor, purposeless, and afraid. That's not how we're to walk through life. With dishonor, purposeless, and afraid. Shunning those who tolerate and enable evil, not as the unwise, but as wise. Sensible, intelligent, discerning people. Making the very most of your time on earth. Recognizing and taking advantage of Each opportunity and using it with wisdom and diligence, because the days are filled with evil. (laughs) Therefore, do not be foolish and thoughtless, but understand and firmly grasp what the Lord, what the will of the Lord is. How do we learn the will of the Lord, ladies? Eat the word. That's great. Yeah and encourage one another and if we don't know there's a young lady that that i have in my life and she'll call and she'll say i'm i'm really i'm not sure about this and and what are your thoughts and you know of course i don't want to just tell her what to do so i just throw things out there and go back to the word and what has the word said and what's the lord's been speaking to you and what are you getting when you pray and and then you know i know you're going to hear the voice of the lord i know you're going to hear the lord and we pray together And she does. She hears the Lord. Um, Grasp the will of the Lord. Do not get drunk with wine, verse 18, for this is wickedness, corruption, stupidity, but be filled with the Holy Spirit and constantly guided by him. I was really intrigued with this verse 18 because if you look at it, the first part of it is don't be drunk with wine. Why? Why? In the New Living Translation, it says, it will ruin your life, <laughs> right? My grandfather was a gentleman. He was a gentleman. He was a kind man. I didn't know him, but the stories I hear about him, but he literally drank himself to death. Um, my dad was not an alcoholic, but Coors and Jim Beam were f- friends that he talked with regularly just to take the edge off. You know, I think I saw him drunk a couple of times, um, but he was, um, he didn't want that in his life, but he was, uh, you know, that was, I can remember him bringing a case of Coors home, and I had four older brothers, and he said, I'd rather have them drink here than out there, you know, so they would drink. They didn't get drunk, but they would drink together. Um, one of my best friends in, well, after high school, uh, we lived together. We had an apartment together, and. Her dad was an alcoholic, and it really, I don't know if you've known anybody that has had an alcoholic father, but that does a lot of damage in a young woman's life. Thank God he was delivered, and he's, for many years, has gone without drinking alcohol and being sober and being healthy. Um, Linda Dillo shared a story at one of, the th- one of the meetings we went to about how her dad was a, um, an alcoholic, and, and her, or her high school graduation. He walked across the graduation stage drunk and just totally humiliated her. You remember the story? Ah, uh, yeah. Um, and he would sometimes he would just take her clothes and throw them all away, and she'd have to go get new clothes because he would he was just in a drunken stupor. I mean, just things that were totally illogical. Um, I mean, you know people in your life and how it's affected them. Um. Why do you think the Holy Spirit led Paul to put these two things together in the same sentence? Mm-hmm. Any thoughts? Why do you think? Don't be drunk, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Yes, yes. We, we are out of control when we're... If, we, if any of us drink too much alcohol, we, can, you, we lose control. You can tell. If somebody walked through here, if they have been drinking, you could tell. By the smell, by their motor skills, by their speech, you could tell. Is drinking wine wrong? No. I mean, it, t- it says in Proverbs, drink a little wine if your stomach is ill. Or in the New Testament, drink a little wine for your stomach, it says. Um, Jesus made wine at the wedding. He drank it. He drank it. He drank yeah. It so right. So it's not that drinking wine is wrong. It's it's the excess. It's the drunkenness part of it. And um something that really, you know, oftentimes people will drink to take the edge off, to relax, for comfort, for social anxieties. Well, I can't be at a party unless I'm drinking because I'm I'm too anxious. You know, you've you've heard all the different things. And I really believe that what the Lord is wanting to put together here is he wants to be the one in control of your life he wants to be the one to help you with your social anxieties he wants to be the one to cover comfort you he is the Holy Spirit is the comforter he wants to be the one in control of your life so that your life won't be ruined but that it will be you, your life you will you will what, what's the song I'm trying to think of thrive you will thrive I love that is it casting crowns it plays that song thrive I love that when it comes on in the car I turn it up and I just sing, you know. <laughs> I love it. He wants to be the one in charge of our lives so that we really can thrive. Um, anything, it's not just alcohol. It might be, I mean, we're good at eating. We all love to eat. If food becomes our comfort, if food becomes the thing that is our identity, if if money, if shopping becomes our outlet, if, you know, any of these things, if He wants to be our all in all. There's nothing wrong with shopping. There's nothing wrong with any of these things. Money is a great tool. It's a terrible master. Alcohol is fine to drink. It's an awful Lord. The Lord is a jealous God. When I was 10, I developed a drinking problem. I was at my grandmother's house. I drank too much. I fell down the stairs. Um, It kind of carried on through. In middle school, I um, drank some at a party end up jumping off of a roof how idiotic is that how idiotic is that but i had an internal pain that i was trying to cover i was i was so hurt because of my mom and dad's marriage and because of other things it was just that that internal that emotional pain and um one day my mom and one of my brothers were moving my desk while i had a jar stashed i had a quart uh, a pint jar stashed of probably some of dad's jim beam i don't know but I was like, oh, snap, they found it. And they're like, what's this? <laughs> Isn't it good when our sin is found out, when it's exposed? Remember we read about it being exposed. It's so good when our sin is exposed in love, in light, in truth. It sets us free. It gives us a potential to be set free. Um, <clears throat> so... On the other hand, what does being filled with the Holy Spirit do in us? Well, verse 18b says, instead, be being continually filled with the Holy Spirit. This is be being. This isn't just you get filled once. This is like every day. Does anybody just eat once a month or once a week or once a year? No. We eat every day, sometimes off and on all day long. You know, be being filled. Because the Lord knows that we leak. We do. We really do leak. I think most of us are really good at eating. And we just need to take that same principle spiritually. And be connected with the Lord. Feasting on him. Whether it's his word. Music. Songs. And the result in verse 19. Speak to one another in psalms and hymns. And spiritual songs. Offering praise and singing. And making melody with your heart to the Lord. Um does anybody ever get a song stuck in your head that uh, really you just can't get it out or thought patterns of, I'm no good, I'm lousy, I, oh, let's see if we can do this again. Shoot. <laughs> hey, there you go. <laughs> I don't know. Now, let's see. Hold on. Um, y'all will probably hate me for this, but it will, it will get the point across, I promise. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> okay. Let's see if we can get back to. Not that one. This one. We have to stop the, 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 the songs, the words, the lies of the enemy that go through our head. We have to say that's enough. In Jesus' name, stop. But it's not just enough to stop. We have to replace it. Replace it with what? Replace it. With, um, with psalms and hymns and always giving thanks to the Father for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I love Psalms 100. It says, Shout with joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Even though when we're bad... Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever. And his faithfulness continues to each generation. When we do this, we pass on life to the next generation. It's so important. Being subject to one another out of reverence for Christ. Giving God the glory and appreciating one another. Um... Let's just take about 20 minutes here and go through your Bible study. So, Lord, we ask you, speak to us as we go through these four verses in the Bible. Would you speak to each lady here and what she needs to hear? Minister to her your truth in Jesus' name. Amen. So, just take a little bit here. Test. Okay. What were some of your takeaways, ladies? Any spiritual lessons that you got going through it? We're doing, um, <laughs> over your Bible study? <laughs> did you do the Bible study? Oh, okay. Yes, I know. I know. Yeah. Okay. What What did you just learn? It's called V spread. V spread. Cranial sacral therapy. And what it but she's she's doing down here. What did, what did you do? Um, you put, like Corinne, Corinne. Corinne had pain in her knee, so she put her palm over the site that hurt. Okay, so say my knee hurts here, so I go like this. Right. Like this? Yep. Okay. 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 Uh-huh. Huh. So like if you have swelling uh-huh. or whatever, it helps get rid of that. And that huh. puts pressure on How you. long do you do it? About a minute. Okay. Wow, that's neat. And so you were doing that here, you put your hand here and did this? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Did y'all get that? <laughs> oh yeah, what do you what do you do if it's your hand? You can't use both I was doing that to my hand cause I Good night, Brenda. Wow. Wow, that's cool. So any takeaways? What what were some of your takeaways? If we walk like Christ says, we'll be obedient and we'll be pure. We will have the That's right. Passage. That's good. I, I like that. I that what what does it mean to be in four? I should keep myself as pure as possible. Keep myself as pure as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even like learning about the oils. If the oils aren't pure, they can bring harm. And so the impurities in us harm others, if you think of it that way. Wherever we have impurity in our life, it's going to end up not only hurting us but others and affect our relationship with the Lord, which is the most important thing. Any other takeaways? Our living should our faith Ah. Our living is what validates our faith. Is that is that how you put it? How'd you put it? Our living shows, how valid our faith is. shows how valid our faith is. Our living shows how valid our faith is. That's really good, Christy. That is good. Yeah, that is good. Anything else? Yeah. <laughs> Christy said, especially when you're around somebody who drains it from you, and then it's just yeah. like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Being around somebody that it's just like they suck the life right out of you, and it's like, man, do we ever leak then? We've got to fill up, we've got to yeah. be being filled. Be being filled with God's gas station, his word. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So that was your filling station. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, where, what is your filling station? Where where is your filling station? Yeah. What do you what do you We're going to be filled up with something. What are you going to be filled up with? Premium. Premium. Yeah, that's good, Katie. Yeah, filled up. Any other takeaways before we pray and go? Yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. I love in the Amplified how it says, instead, speak of your thankfulness to God. When we are being thankful, we're really, just like our sin is towards God, our thanksgiving is towards God first and foremost, too. But when we're thankful, so. Lord, thank you for your word. We need you to fill us. We are very needy, and we know you have more than enough for us. And so I pray that you would fill these ladies and minister your life to them. I pray that the words, the takeaway, that which you've ministered to them... That as they go into their their night going home and their day tomorrow and throughout the rest of this week and this weekend, Lord, I pray that you would just keep bringing it back up to them, that which you're ministering to them. And, and that we would replace the negative songs, the negative words, the negative tapes in our mind. And we just like Sherry here. She just grabbed Charlie and said, that's enough. In Jesus' name, that's enough. We are going to renew our minds and believe what you say and who you say we are, because you are a good, good Father. We thank you for these things, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.